Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. My name is Ethan Schultz. I'm your host of the True You Podcast. Here at True You, we have conversations with people living their best lives in hopes that you will gain value. Enjoy. This episode is brought to you by Good Buds Co., GoodBuds is a Southeast Minnesota leading cannabis brand that is actively inspiring people to grow their belief in the benefits of the plant while creating a vision for better health, economic change, and community awareness. Their scientifically proven products have gotten raving reviews and are an absolute top choice to boost your overall wellness with a natural solution. And as a social business, GoodBuds prides itself in being a give-first company. After all, we could use a good bud. Find them at www.goodbudsmn.com and for a 10% discount on your next purchase, enter in TRUE-U, all lowercase, and enter that in the coupon code space upon checkout. Also, be sure to follow them on Instagram and Facebook by searching GoodBudsMN. Live. Welcome, everybody, to the 51st episode of the True You podcast. Today, we have Miss Esther Moon on with us. Esther, she was born in South Korea, raised in California since 10 years old. She graduated with a BFA in graphic design from the School of Visual Arts in New York City, currently lives in New York City. Um, initial passions for products that led to quit jobs and launch her first product line, Linkable Notebooks, followed by Little Theory Design Studio, specializing on branding and packaging. Along with her partner, Tina, she's been breathing life into various brands like Chobani, Help Remedies, Boom Chicka Pop, Nonalim, and Johnson's Ice Cream, to name a few. Her belief of functional, distinctive, and beautiful design also bleeds into her side hustles. She enjoys painting wooden toppers for special occasions such as weddings and anniversaries, and currently working on focusing on her two passion projects, illustrating a children's book called Johnny Mac and Cheese, excited to see what that's like, and a writer friend with a series of unique workshops called Gather with her fellow artist friends. Miss Esther, thank you for hopping on. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, LA to New York. We got you on the East Coast. We're getting more East Coasters. So. Oh, yes. How long have you been in New York? Uh, I've been in New York, I want to say 24 years now. Just 24 years. Yeah. You like something about it then. Yeah. Yeah, you've had your business since 2006, I believe I read, the Little Fury business. Yeah, we celebrated 15 years um, this April. Hmm. Yeah. Tell, us, tell us a little bit about your journey to um, being a designer. I know you do amazing work with that. I hear all about it. So tell us about that that journey in Little Fury. Mm, you know, our intention was never to really start design studio. Um, so when Tina and I crossed path, uh, I was actually looking for another work. At that time, she was working on Martha Stewart magazine. Um, and I was at that time working for Duffy and they closed all the other offices except for Minneapolis office, their main, main office. Um, so 
as I was interviewing, connected through Tina, Martha Stewart for a different magazine, we just get, got in this conversation of, you know, what is it that you want to do as a designer? And so we discovered that we both had passion for physical, tangible products. Um, so she came over my to my apartment, to this apartment 15 years ago. Um, and we came up with the idea of uh, notebooks that link to one another. So they connect from back cover to front pocket of the notebook that we came up with. So they were kind of like an endless linkable notebook. Um, and we just became obsessed with it. And then a few months after that, we, we kind of looked at each other and we were like, hey, we should make money together. <laughs> we joined our portfolio together because her background is my background very different. So we conjoined our portfolio together Mm -hmm. and launched Little Fury, which was her uh, freelance name at that at that time. Hmm. Yeah. So it started with the idea and then the money came. Yes. Like, you're like, hey, this is a cool idea. Let's start a business together. Yeah. Yep. How have you guys kept it together for this long? She's still your partner, right? Yep. What's the secret sauce of that? I would say trust. Trust? Yeah. Um, I think we've gone through so many thick and thin, mm -hmm. you know, period of abundance and like nothing in your bank account. Um, but I think through those times when we were really dry with work, um, we really learned that, oh, I could trust this person. Like we're both workhorses. We will do whatever it takes to sustain our business and stay together. Um, and we're very honest with each other and we're very upfront about everything. So I would say it's, um, she's actually taught me a lot to communicate, be a better communicator. Okay. Um, yeah, so even now when we get into like, you know, like little arguments or debates or, I mean, we rarely get, kind of get into that, but when we used to, you know, quote unquote fight, um, it's actually like a healthy fight, you know, <laughs> kind of like hashing things out. What's a healthy um, fight? What's what's that look like? It's it sounds like you're fighting with your sibling. <laughs> I love you, but fuck you. <laughs> yeah, like what? What do you or mean? I'm right, or well, yeah, I'm a hear me out here sort of a thing, or yeah, like, yeah, and it's very like a heart to heart conversation where, you know, you also give them time to think and marinate on certain things when they're not in a good mood. Yeah, um, and. I think it's also picking up, you know, I think there is this, you know, thing with picking up signs and emotional EQ, where it's like, oh, you just got to let them be for a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and there's understanding. And, but at the end of the day, yeah, you go through all the ups and downs, but I trust this person with finances and, and time, you know, dedicated to our business. And when there is like a change or pivot or rerouting of business, we have very honest conversation. Mm -hmm. um, and I think our priority has been always similar. So I think that's why we were able to be like stay together. Mm -hmm. Like wanting that independence or not working on something that, that doesn't really resonate with us. Like making money was never our goal. Yeah. Which, you know, there's positive and negative to that, but um yeah. Yeah, I think our priorities naturally lend itself to sharing common values. Um, and I think that's what kind of tethered us together this long. That's big. Um, do you, has she been your only partner or have you had other business partners in nope. the past? Mm -mm. She's My your only one? Yep. 
Wow. You yeah. batted you batted a thousand right out of the gate. That's rare. Yeah. I, like I ran through like 12 of them. Yeah. And the four of you, and I won't name names, were probably not the best, but <laughs> we found some good ones too. Um, yeah. Were you able to align values pretty clearly from the beginning? Uh, no. No. I would say first two years, and we were like pretty young too. Mm. We were like late 20s, early 30s. Mm -hmm. So I think there maybe two first two years, we probably had to work through some like, or, you know, the way we work, um, okay. the way we think in our, um, but in terms of, I mean, off the bat, we worked really well together in, in terms of like, if one had a concept or idea, we, we knew how to like build each other up in, in terms of ideas and concepts as well as people. Mm -hmm. Um, and even like down to making decisions for like, we need to get a table for our studio and we will legit get all the furniture we needed in like three hours. We're like, yep, let's get that. Boom. So she, she's pretty quick. She's decisive like you are. Yes. We're very decisive and activator and strategic. You said that she's made you a better communicator. Yeah. Um, how much does communication or how much has it for you played into your growth and your business and your life and tell us, tell us about that a little bit and then we'll see. Yeah. Where that I think looking back probably the first two, three years of my business when I'm upset or when I don't want to confront or deal with things, I would just go like shut down mode mm. and then she'll kind of leave me alone for a few hours. <laughs> and then, you know, towards the end of the day, she's like, okay, what is going on? And so I learned to ad address what bothers me and what's not cool with me or not good with this situation quicker. So now it's it's like if there's anything that does not sit well with each of us, we're like just talking about it. Like what's mm -hmm. bothering you? Um, how can we make this better? I mean, it's it's all the assumptions and the things that you have in your head where if you actually talk things out with people that you think that you might have not so great communication with, I think yeah. talking it out would help a lot. We, um, we recently, um, your coach, my coach, our dear friend, uh, Chris and I ran a training for, um, some people and a lot of it was about feedback. And I know that the last event that we went to together, there's a lot of feedback in that. Yeah. It sounds like that's part of what you're talking about. Um, how would you suggest maybe in terms of business or relationships, however you want to um, steer this, but how would you suggest using feedback constructively and how to approach that? Mm. You know, one thing that resonated from that training that we went to was when the trainer actually said having a designated time and date and space for healthy assessment and feedback to each other. Mm. Well, what resonated with what Nathan, the trainer said was, you know, I asked my kids, how was, how was your dad this week? How did I do? And he asked that every Tuesday or something like that. Um, and I thought that was so amazing. And so I actually told that to my brother too, to mm. ask that question to his, his kids. Um, and I think if you actually set that up where it becomes a habit, 
Mm-hmm. But I think the more you do it, it becomes more normal and it's just healthy. Like a, it's an easy conversation. It's not like this boulder that you feel so intimidated or scared about what other people might think of you. Um, what kind of re- reactions or responses that person would get, whatever that may be. I think it makes that conversation more fluid. Yeah. One thing I noticed since that, this was about a month ago. Now we went to that thing on yeah. that awaken and, um, I've noticed a lot of weight lifted off of my shoulders and freedom and clarity and vision, expanding vision just, and that comes with a lot of the feedback that I had given and invited for myself with people, big, big, big people. And we know if we, if we do an honest internal audit of who we have, or who we have an opportunity to invite into feedback with, mm-hmm. like we can really, we can leverage that. And it, it, that right there, I think in my opinion could transform our relationships, our visions for those relationships, for the like, our impact with our businesses, everything. It allows you to move freely if people are willing to get in there yeah, and to do that. Yeah. It's comfortable as shit. Yeah. But I think you kind of get used to that discomfort and then it becomes comfortable. Yeah. It becomes yeah. Like you know what I mean? It's like going to the gym. You know, you you just hate it when you're a fat ass and you got to go and push some weight up or go for a jog and you're like, ah. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then you go in there enough. It's like, hey, this is this is pretty good. And I feel yeah. really good now. Yeah. I think it's the yeah. same with feedback. It's the same with forgiveness, too. Yeah. Forgiveness of of um, ourselves. I, I just the other day forgave myself for something that was unsettling for me, but I knew that if I just was able to move on from it and not, and like it, like to distance myself from that, that it would, it would be serving. Yeah. What were your biggest takeaways from that event? I'm curious. We were in the same room, so I, I'm sure I can connect with you. Oh yeah. Um... I think what I guess the blind blind spot that was totally like it really opened my eyes to was how I operate in a group setting. Mm. I'm in it, participating in it, maybe like first thirty percent, and then when there's too many cooks in the kitchen and so many different personalities interject, I check myself out, and I'm like, this is not good. Um, and how much judgments I have toward other people who are complete strangers. <laughs> yeah. We judge people. We judge people in the first 20, 30 seconds, your first impression. You don't even have to speak. I have first impression of everybody walking around. Yeah, totally. That's and crazy. Yeah. This yeah. Is, judgment's crazy. Judgment, inviting curiosity to replace judgment is a yeah. big move too. Yeah, totally. Um, I would say that was mind blowing for me because it's a it's a very um, selfish act where I'm just saying like oh you you I don't want to be involved in this chaos you know what I mean and it was 33 people in total and I just felt like I saw a glimpse of to be honest I felt like God was showing me and this I'm talking in my in terms of my faith but uh, this is an example of a church and you've been checked out. Um, because 
my judgment was that these are the exact people that I would rather not. <laughs> uh, yeah. But at the end of the event, would you with those people? Oh, at the end of the event, like the people that I judged the hardest became more lovable. Mm. I got to know them more, you know? And yeah. then they have same judgments about me. That was another prideful thing that I realized. I just assumed that when people just see me and, and just notice me, that they would just like me. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Lester. You're cool. Oh, man. But that is not the case. It's interesting. It's interesting to think about that, though. Like, how many rooms are we walking into in our lives that we're judging? Yeah. Totally. And how much is that costing us? What are yeah. we losing out on by making unsolicited judgments of people spoken or unspoken. Yep. What are we missing out on? That's crazy. Oh, just yeah, a lot of opportunities and learning more about yourself and how you operate with other people. Yeah. Those collaborations like, like I'm basically shutting down a lot of doors, you know, by yeah. judging people and not engaging because of that. Yeah. 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 Or those who want to figure out life all on their own. Yeah, totally. Like I'm not willing to I'm not willing to participate or play with others. I've got this. Yeah. Do you got it? Well, I'm sure you might have it, but you're going to be uh driving through mud and being stuck your whole life if you do that. But yeah. a lot of folks are, you know, afraid to speak up or step out of their zone or connect with other people and you lose out on a lot doing that. Yeah. Um what was in your bio that caught my eye? I'm going to look at that. You're writing a children's book or illustrating a children's book. Yes. Okay. What's up with that? <laughs> I love that. Are you, you getting artsy with the, the branding for books now or what's the vision with, with that? Um, it was over like a catch-up conversation last fall mm. and with a friend. And then I just said, you know, I've, I've always wanted to illustrate children's books. And he was the first one to say, oh, I have something written down. Mm. A lot of people say that they want to write children's book, but no one actually has anything on paper. You know mm. what I mean? Everyone has some kind of idea or concepts. So I asked him, my friend, to send me the draft. And it almost felt like a kid's rhythmic song. And it was really cool because it was all about fixed mindset versus growth mindset. Ooh. Yeah. It's interesting how I think kids through that can capture some of these bigger subconscious things. Like, yeah. yeah. like maybe they, they can be wired through that sort of powerful yeah. work yeah. Uh, without even realizing it and having fun doing it. Yeah. Um, so I love the story so much that like, Tim, I think we could stretch this out into stories, mm -hmm. um, almost like a narrative story form. Um, so we started working on it and we're right now in final draft and I have all the characters illustrated with storyboarding. So I'm waiting on the final draft to correct the storyboarding. Um, but it's about Johnny Mac and Cheese. He's a little macaroni and he's really good at ping pong. Um, do you draw this stuff or do you, are you, are, you're an artist yourself too? You, 
Yeah, exactly. so I illustrated everything. Um, so you're a badass businesswoman and a right brain creative. Oh, uh, I think I could do. I could excel and grow more in the business side. Really? Art side. You yeah. struck me. You struck me as somebody who's got her shit together when I when I met you. I met you and I saw like um, posture, confidence, and I, I think that like I saw competency. And uh, I'm wondering, like, did that come from maybe from experience or maybe you don't believe that you're a badass businesswoman, but I know your numbers and some of your what you're up to. I know that you put some some good stuff out to, to the world. It's not often that I feel like a lot of people have gifts of being able to be in both of those uh, sort of, you know, I'm going to create so much of this beautiful branding and, and, and I'm going to be, you know, a high level artist or. Uh, and then you get those that are like executors. I'm going to go, go, go sales, Martin, just get deals and, and, um, you know, make money, but mm. it's not often you find them married together in one human. So that's awesome. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I think I could definitely grow in the, the marketing and the actual selling mm. for a business. Um, I think it does become a little bit more digestible and maybe easier to advocate for those around you rather than yourself. You know what I mean? So, Tell me more. Yeah, so I think it's easier for me to advocate my fellow artists in terms of what they do, if I actually believe in their work and their craftsmanship, to really advocate and get them more work, basically. Um, hmm. Yeah, I would say in terms of what we do, um, I'm probably like the least person to market about Little Fury Design, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you got a team? No, I, we don't even have a team. It's just me and Tina. <laughs> well, Tina's the badass marketing woman that. Having a team? Is there, is that like that? on the horizon or do you guys like it with just the partner partner? We did attempt to grow our team with like one account person and project manager and a designer. And we really realized that like, Oh man, we actually don't like managing people internally. We what actually like it. You like? Um, it just felt like a, like almost like a, like a forced duty for us, I think. So we kind of like it just really nimble. Um, and depending on the project, pulling in different freelancers, according to like whatever project you're working on, it actually makes your work stronger and interesting because you want to pull in different talents for different projects. Hmm. Yeah. That's, so there's a lot of collaboration, but it's not fixed. It's just like based upon the. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and Tina and I joke around saying that, like, you know, we don't really have a business. We have a treehouse. Oh, cool. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah, it's like we're just playing. We're like the permanent pieces that are playing in the house. Yeah. We want to come go in and out and play with the That's totally cool. How do you – so and through these relationships, does that seem to grow branches or, or continue to cause or invite others to be part of the tree? Yeah, I think so. 
because you seem to have a good community around you too. Yeah, I'm very blessed with different communities and different circles of people. Yeah. Um, and I love meeting new people and genuinely interested in, in others. So in that sense, I love growing that community in not only in the creative way, but you know, people who are outside of my industry, because I think that's when the most interesting collaboration happens. You know, like imagine design with tech or design with engineering, for example. That's like a whole nother innovation. Yeah, you just you just got my wheels spinning. I, uh, I like marrying branches of trees together so then they can they can form their collaboration and then seeing those people and the, those works form yeah, like yeah creating lanes for others to thrive in and then to to collaborate together in is is one of the most beautiful gifts that you can give people yeah bringing them the bringing them their missing puzzle piece of whatever it is they're they're creating yeah that's that's and I think that that right there is one of the biggest secrets to being abundant in your life. Mm. One of the biggest secrets to living an abundant life is to seek to serve people. And if you're if you have all those tree branches, it's to to can connect those with other ones. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Um, yeah, what would you say? Um, you enjoy most about your communities and your current projects and the, the direction you're going? Um, I mean, the fact that I could do, even do that, um, attempt to do illustrating a children's book or, you know, putting right people in a room to launch a series of workshops with different artists, like, the fact that people actually trust me with that idea in itself mm -hmm. is such a is such a gift, um, and I think through those people you just meet more people, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, if I had my own like roof deck or something space, I would have some kind of connecting something every weekend, <laughs> and it yeah. helps that I'm an extrovert. Yeah. 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 Um, that's awesome. Where do you see yourself going with all this stuff? Where do you, where do you see, I mean, uh, I know we've, we've talked digital recently. Yeah. You know, we've held a, we had some meetings, um, about NFTs. We've had some exciting talks. So where do you see just, just your designing? Like, where do you see that growing to? What do you see yourself? Um, I mean, I think Tina and I still enjoy branding and packaging, but yeah. it's not our forefront, quote unquote, passion. And I think we're a lot more aware of how we spend our time and energy. Uh -huh. So if we are actually helping someone to spread their idea that we actually believe in, mm -hmm. um, we're all for that. But I think the creative wise, um, the way I'm practicing my creativity is morphing in a way that's that's a little bit more on the the camp of empowering other artists and like mm -hmm. connecting and holding space for others to experience different artistry to me that's exciting so it's like 
the fact that I could design and think out and execute design becomes more of an asset, not the main thing. Mm -hmm. And when you, I love that. I think when you um, get so advanced in a space that it just, your vision transforms into impact. I mean, initially it may be income. It may be, you know, putting out a project or doing something a certain way for, you know, a certain whatever. Um, but I think that as you get so advanced that it naturally, as I see in other people, or at least from what I see in, in people that I am with, I'm sure there are people that want to keep everything to themselves, but I see that most like to begin giving and leading and like, um, inviting others into like, man, this is possible. Right. You can do this now. Yeah. And that's, that's amazing when you begin seeing others do that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I believe that that just like the lanes that we were talking about, that's, that's another big secret right there. That if you're able to help enough people get what they want, you can have everything that you want. And I think that that's like the, the most highest form of abundance in my opinion is doing mm -hmm. that. Mm. Yeah. When are you coming back to Cali when you're hanging out with me? Probably for the holidays. I mean, I'm from Cali, so. Yeah. What part of California are you from? Um, I'm from Orange County. Okay. What part of Orange County? I grew up uh, near Fullerton area. Okay. Yeah. I like it down there. I'm in, I'm in Venice Beach, so I'll come down there so you don't have to deal with all these crazies over here. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I enjoy... Uh, I enjoy Orange County and you you're you're an interesting one because you are in New York. Yeah. Came to California, met you twice in California. Chris is from Minnesota, I'm from Minnesota, and I come to find out at this last event that you had a stint there too. Um in Minneapolis. Oh yeah. So yeah, the last firm that I used to work for, they're from Minneapolis. So I used to travel there every month. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> What, what are the biggest differences between L.A. and New York? And if you want to throw Minneapolis in there, we know that's way different. But what are the biggest difference between those cities and how you create and move and meet people? Um, you know, I would say L.A. is actually, for me, it's actually really hard to connect with people. Mm. I think because everything is spread out. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe because, you know, I already know a lot of design community people in Minneapolis that when I do go visit I have you know so many friends in the creative industry that I naturally just connect with New York is the same way um yeah I think I think LA is harder to meet and connect with people unless you go to a specific thing like the training that we went to for mm -hmm. example. you gotta have a car yeah exactly yeah. No cars in New York. You're biking around, huh? I'm Are you? around everywhere. Manhattan? Yeah, walking around yeah. everywhere. You're a Manhattan girl, right? Yeah, East Village. Mm, the good? Oh, you're spoiling yourself. I love it. Is there yeah. Um, I, I haven't been there in a while, but um, I've heard that same thing. LA, I, I like the wiggle room, something about, I like how there's different, like you can go 
to a completely different feel, you know, by just going down the road a little ways. Um, it does make sense though, New York having everything like you're saying together because traffic out here is crazy. So it's tough to get around, but yeah, it's interesting. Cause I, I know some bi-coastal people that have experimented with them and I, I've thought about it, but mm. I, I, I want to, I'm intending on spending more time there, but okay. um, yeah, it's cool. It's just a fun yeah. question to ask. Yeah. Um, um, it'd be interesting to build more, community in LA for me because I left after high school. Really? Yeah. So I do have friends from high school and, you know, people who went to Cali after their high school, but I don't really have a bigger community in Cali. Hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, all the new people that I've been meeting is because of the training and through Chris. Yeah. Watch out what happens when you uh, begin expanding in the digital space and through the more communities like that too, because then you're going to, it, what I think can, can happen is, is it'll invite a lot of other people from other cities into your circle. Yeah. And how networking is not as much physical now as it once was. I think there's a lot more value to when it's physical now because people really enjoy it when they get that chance. But yeah, I think the, um, the accessibility and how um, how tapped in we can get through digital is really powerful for yeah. getting into that stuff. So, yeah, it's exciting. Um, it is exciting. I'm trying to be more by coastal because my family's there. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Chris and I are out here too. We'll treat you to a little bite to eat. Um, get you to some events. I I'm a physical event guy, um, but. It is interesting with um, some partners and projects that I'm involved with uh, that like, wow, I can see it. I'm yeah. kind of it's got to be pulled into the digital advancements, but it is I'm blessed to be where I'm at. And I think that there's a lot coming. That's really yeah. exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. We've got a few minutes left. I want to hear. Um, how would you speak to people that are, let's talk about your industry, your space, maybe that may be where we're most connected or competent. Yeah. How, how would you speak to people um, that have that, that gift of branding that are seeking to go from, you know, beginning stages to, I have a dream of being the one to put my, put brands on the map and really get out there. What would you say to them? Uh, I mean, it depends on what background you have in terms of, you know, what did you study undergrad? I mean, mm -hmm. the schools actually really don't really matter. Um, you don't have to go to an art school, become a designer or an artist. I, in fact, I know amazing artist friends and designer friends who went to non-art school. Um, I would say off the bat, it's eyeing on certain studios or firms that you want to work at to gain experience. Um, that's probably the best way to learn it instead of kind of going off on your own and trying to figure it out yourself with, you know, even with like one or two other people. Mm -hmm. um, and I think getting your feet wet in, in that kind of context, learning strategy, design strategy, research, um, working with clients, how to present 
what to present and what to communicate. All those things are what you gain from working at a studio, you know, not really by yourself as a freelance, for example. That's really actually really, really hard to do. For you to actually communicate and grasp out of what they visually want, basically you're articulating their strategy and business into a visual format. And everyone has a different interpretation of what that may be. So I think gaining that visual communication with a firm that or studio that you expect and you you like engaging with is what I would recommend. Um, yeah, to get like that quote unquote formal training outside of school. Wow. That's good. I really like how you said that's that's like articulating articulating their business in a visual. Yeah. Form. Yeah. And that's when it comes to visual, everyone is subjective. Like they have like everyone has subjective opinions. Like what I think is modern may not be modern to you. What you think is modern may not be what I'm visualizing what modern is. Even though people say that like, oh, I'm not in the visual world and whatever. If you talk to any founders of anything, they have some kind of idea of who they want to be in their minds. So to be able to grasp all that and to interpret it as a visual language that becomes their brand is very hard to do. Yeah. It's powerful how images have such an impact on us though. Yeah. Taking that in like that's, you can say, we can tell a story through images. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so much already out there. So it's kind of like, how are you different? How is your product different from any other yeah. product? And it's like, do we need another link in this world? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. That's our competitive advantage. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, let's land the plane, Esther. Where can we find you, stalk you? Are you on platforms? Little Fury, at least um, is yeah. there. Littlefury.com is our business. If anybody's interested in branding and packaging, you could check out our previous and most recent work there with case studies. Um, Littlecaketoppers.com is if you want to customize yourself as a wooden selfie. Oh, we didn't even get to ask questions. <laughs> yeah. So, Real quick, give yeah. us a little bit. What What do we got out there? Uh, I paint wedding toppers. So, in I can make like the is that the cake? Yeah, it's like on usually on the top of a cake, but people keep it as a keepsake. So there are wooden toppers that I paint to look just like you. Well, if I find a gal willing to marry me, I know what I'm calling. Oh, yes. You'll be my topper designer. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. And are those the two places that we can go to find your work then? Uh, those there? Yeah. Was a little more? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Beautiful. Well, we aren't quite off the hook. We always ask people, what is a general message that you have for the true you audience, our listeners here? It can be about living your best life, whatever you want it to be. Um, I would say living the life of gratitude mm. um, and really being curious of what brings other people joy. I think when our eyes are not 
on ourselves, but interested in loving others. I think that's when the the growth and a lot of creativity happens. Go out and love and be grateful. Right. Yes. I love it, Esther. Thank you so much for being you, you amazing human being. And I'm excited to just see what happens next in your life and in our relationship and what we can create. And I'm just um, excited to see what the listeners say they take away from this too. I'm sure they got a lot. So thank you for hopping on and uh, enjoy the rest of your lovely Monday, Esther. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the True You Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Schultz. Until next time, deuces.